Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today I want to speak to you from the subject, God, my defender. God, my defender. We're talking from the series, and we're finishing up the series this week, The King Before the King, looking at the life of David as a great leader, as an example for us to follow, things he's gone through, or really as an example for what the life of the Christian will look like. And, and we know that David was a king, but Jesus is the king of kings, and he came to establish his own throne. In this portion of Scripture, we find David at a low point. David has lost his kingdom to his son Absalom. Absalom was a rebellious son. And Absalom raised himself in rebellion, got everybody around him, and and went in and conquered Jerusalem. And now David is on the run. David is in defeat. David is in distress. He is having family issues that have spread over the whole nation. And he's in a truly difficult time. And today... We're going to take a look at what God does through our difficult times and how we can act, react, lead through difficult times. David is on the run from his own son, and he's weeping, and he goes through the Kidron Valley, which is known as the Valley of the Shadow of Death. This is the moment where Psalm 23 is written. And he goes through the Valley of the Shadow of Death, weeping with the procession of all of Israel behind him. And the Bible tells us, He goes up the Mount of Olives, and he's weeping on his way up. He comes over the ridge, and he finds himself in a town. In 2 Samuel 16, we pick up this story. When King David came to Baharim, there came out a man from the family of the house of Saul, the old king, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. And as he came, he cursed continually. He cursed continually. Some of you feel like you are living under a continual curse. Some of you feel like you can't get out of a continual curse. It was on your mother and father, grandfathers, on the home you grew up in. It's in the home you're in now, and you're afraid it's going to be in the home that your children establish and grow up in. You feel like you're living under a continual curse, and don't you Don't you note that Shimei was from the house of Saul? Here comes his past. And he threw stones at David. You know, if there's any biblical character to not throw stones at, I would propose that it's David. Because David knows how to fling stones back. You know, of all the guys, I can tell Shimei is not in his right mind. Because he knows David is like the stone dude of the Bible. I could almost see David being like, hey, but what? Get me, where's my sling? Honey, get my sling. (laughs) How I wish the Bible went. No. Threw stones at David. And more than that, he threw stones at all the servants of King David and all of the people and all of the mighty men who are on his right hand and on his left. So this man is accusing. This man is attacking. And he doesn't just attack David. Note this. He attacks the servants of David. You say, why am I going through this? Who do you serve? Who do you serve? They don't just attack Jesus. They don't just crucify Jesus. They come after his followers. They shower accusations on the followers. And the servants and all the people and all the mighty men are on his right hand and on his left. And Shimei 
said as he cursed, get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man, you worthless man. Here's the accusation. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned. What is he saying? He's saying you don't deserve to be where you were. You're a fake. You're a phony. You're a gimmick. You're not the true king. And the Lord has given you the king, has, has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you. See, you're getting what you deserve. See, you knew it come, would come back to haunt you. See, isn't this how the enemy speaks to us? You did wrong, now you get wrong. The Lord has seen it and he's avenged. Your evils on you for you are a man of blood. Story continues on. Then Abishai, this is our key verse today. The son of Zerai said to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. You just feel encouraged today? It's like just encouraging. Let me go over and deal with this guy. But the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? You could almost sense like this is a common occurrence. What am I going to do with you guys? If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David, who then shall say, why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjaminite, how much more now must this, would this man be seeking my life? Leave him alone. Let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. And it may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. Today, I want to speak to you from the subject, my God, my defender. God, our defender. Come on, let's pray. Holy Spirit, right now, we ask you to come, and Lord, will you speak to your people, God. Use my words, but Lord, let it really be your word. God, we want to hear from you, and, and God, we're open, we're thankful, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. God, my defender. Absalom, the king's son, has risen up against the king. David has had to flee Jerusalem in shame. And in distress, and Shimei comes out and he curses continually. This is where we find the great king. This is where we find the great leader, David. We find him with a rebellious child. We find him betrayed by his own people and his own nation. And now, to make it even worse, his past has come to haunt him. Now Shimei who's of the house of Saul, has come to curse him. It's like that old adage, when it rains, it pours. When things start going wrong, it seems like everything starts going wrong. It seems like everything is now sliding in David's life towards death. And here comes out Shimei, and he is cursing the king, shouting curses over his people. And catch this, and David had to march under this atmosphere. David had to move forward in life under this atmosphere. The atmosphere of defeat, the atmosphere of distress, the atmosphere of a curse. Have you ever felt like you were walking under a curse? 
Have you ever felt like you could not get out of whatever it is that's coming against you? You can't find victory over it. You can't move forward, get beyond it. You feel like you are stuck in a place of defeat. This is where David felt. David felt defeated. David felt done in. David felt like God had abandoned him. And you might say to me, but, but Jordan, but he's anointed. Yeah, but he still felt defeated. You might say, well, he's a king. Yeah, but he still tasted distressed. Well, you might say, well, but he, what about God's promises? That doesn't mean that there's not difficulty. Here's the truth. Defeat does not discriminate. It touches all. It touches all. Even David, even the king, has to taste defeat, has to fight through some very difficult things. And, and the reality is that you and I, we are going to walk through some valleys, through some difficulties, through some times of distress, even though, yes, you are an heir with Christ. You do have God's promises. You are anointed. You are blessed, but you will still have to go through some very difficult things. And they might be in the area of your family. They might be with your children. They might be in your marriage. They might be with your strength. Or maybe there are some people or some spirits that have negative things to cast down on your life. Curses and accusations. The Bible says Shimei was up in a high place. And, and isn't that how the enemy works? He always kind of tries to shout down through your mind, through your emotions, who you are not and what you messed up and what you got wrong. And, and so many times we feel like we're walking underneath this curse. But I'm here to tell you, we know who Shimei is. He's the accuser of the brethren. We know he's of the house of Saul, which is a picture of the flesh, your past. And isn't it amazing how many times when we're at our lowest, that's when our past comes back to haunt us. We're at our lowest place, and that's where the thing that you thought was gone, the thing that you thought was defeated, now pops his head back up and says, I'm still here and I still know who you really are, and I know what you did, and I know what you're not, and has accusations. Hear me, that voice is not the voice of God. It is the voice of the flesh. It's the voice of Saul. It is not of the Holy Spirit. It's of the spirit of the world, and it comes to rain down lies and accusations on God's people. And, and, and this is something everyone will walk through in their life. Times of extreme, real difficulty. Listen, even Jesus had to walk through times of real difficulty. Even Jesus had to drink from the wine of suffering. When he was in the garden of suffering, Gethsemane, remember what he prayed? He said, Lord, if you can, please remove this cup from me. But if not, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, if I have to walk through difficulty, and if I have to walk through despair, I will do it so that others might not have to taste death. I will drink so that others might not have to taste death. There was a, a time when, when uh, James and John went before Jesus and the, their mother brought them and the mother says to Jesus, I want my sons to sit at your right hand and your left hand for all of eternity. That's a mom question right there for sure. I want my sons to sit, at, sit as close to you as possible for all of eternity. You know what Jesus said? Can you drink from the cup I'm going to drink? Are you able to drink from the wine of suffering? Are you able to go through some very difficult things? Are you able to follow me? 
Because every time you choose to follow Jesus, there will always be a cross that you're going to have to pick up and shoulder in your life. David is walking through difficulty and defeat. But there's good news. There's another man there. There's someone else that's standing with David in this moment of pain. A man named Abishai. And Abishai is quick to defend. Abishai was a great warrior, a commander of the 30 mighty men. And Abishai steps in and intervenes and said, why should this dead dog curse my Lord? Let me go over there and deal with this thing. Let me go over there and take off his head. I'm here to tell you, yes, you will go through difficult things, but you have an Abishai. There is someone that God has sent you that, has put, that he has put in your life. And I, it might be your, your brother. It might be your spouse. It might be your pastor. It might be your crew leader. But make no mistake, you will not have to walk through the valley without an Abishai. And you might say, well, I don't have that person. Can I tell you the good news is Jesus is your Abishai. Even if there is not someone physically, you have a father, you have a brother, you have a king. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, and Jesus does not let those lies go unanswered. Hear me. He does not let those accusations go untested. I love Abishai because he's a man of war. He's not afraid to contend. And make no mistake, men, you were made to contend. You were made to fight, to push. You were made to defend and to destroy the lies of the enemy. Men were made to contend. Think of Adam. Adam first has a calling from God. Adam, you're going to have to fight with the soil. You're going to have to contend with the earth. Think of Jacob. Jacob had to wrestle God. And I'm here to speak to the men of this house. You were made to contend. But more than that, you were made to defend. And whatever the enemy comes after with accusations, with curses, and with lies, God has put you in that midst to mount up and to mount a defense in the area where the enemy wants to bring destruction. Come on, you are made to defend. Jesus is your Abishai, but so you are called to be an Abishai. Jesus is your defender, you are called to be a defender. God will stand in the gap for you, but he does it as a model to show you this is how you stand in the gap for those around you. Today, I want to challenge you to be an Abishai to those around you. And I, I specifically want to challenge the fathers, the future fathers, the spiritual fathers, to get the nature of Abishai on your life, to determine to be one to step up and defend. Three areas that I believe we are called to defend. The first is to defend your friends. The first area is to defend your friend. Simply put, Abishai was friends with David. This was his man. This was his boy. And Shimei comes over and starts to rain down lies. But here comes Abishai, a friend faithful through failure. That's the key. That's the key. Because everyone can be friends when we're all making money together. Everyone can be friends when you own a truck or a boat. Everyone can be friends when we're all doing good. And we might even say, hey, man, I'm with you to the ends of the earth. And that's true only after it's tested through difficulty. A true friend is a friend that can be a friend when you got nothing to give them. When you're taking more than you're giving in. 
when you are a bit of a burden. A true friend is there when you haven't swung out of your failure as quickly even as you would have wanted to. In other words, it's taking you longer to recover than you even thought it would. The people that will stand with, that's a true friend. A true friend is one who defends someone when they are at their desperate and when they are at their lowest. Everyone needs an Abishai. Come on, everyone needs an Abishai in their life. And can I tell you, this doesn't just mean, yeah, that's right, I need an Abishai. You can be an Abishai. Why? Because everyone needs an Abishai in their life. They need someone that says, I will stand with you no matter what comes. Hell or high water, God has put us together. He has intertwined our hearts. It's not by accident that we've gone through this stuff together. And I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to fast with you. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to encourage you. And I'm going to be there until we come out on the other side. I'm going to stand in the midst of failure. That is the spirit of Abishai. JFK said, said, had this great quote. He said, uh, uh, success has many fa fathers, but failure is an orphan. Nobody wants to be around failure. But hear me, it's in failure where something is forged that is deep, deep, deep. Here, Abishai is forging something with his king that is spiritual and it's holy and it's Christ-like. Because that's when Jesus shows up, when you're at your lowest. When I was just beginning my ministry, someone, uh, a pastor leader, told me this phrase. He said, you don't have to be there for every moment in people's lives, but you always have to be there for the worst moment in people's lives. I can't tell you the amount of times my wife and I were going on a date. We get a text. Someone's in the hospital. We turn off a different exit and spend our date night in the hospital. Not but because we're anything special, but because we're ministers. And you're ministers, and we're Abishai's. We know how to pray. We know how to show up. We know how to defend in the spirit. That's you. In this church, there are so many stories of people that have stepped up in crews, in, in, in the A-team, when others of us have had real needs. You've showed up to funerals. You've provided food. You've texted encouragements. You've been there for prayer. Let me tell you, that is the mark of a healthy and a holy church where we step into the gap for each other and your weakness is not my opportunity to mock. Your weakness is my opportunity to defend. You, you ever heard the story of, of Noah when he came out of the ark and the Bible says he got drunk and, and he's laying naked in his own home but his sons come and see. And the Bible says that two of the sons laugh and they mock and they expose their father's foolishness but but. Uh, sorry, one of, the, one of the sons laughs, but two of the others, they walk backwards with a cloth and they cover their father. Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. I pray that you do not have this spirit of shimei on you, which looks for someone's fall, hopes for their destruction, mocks when they get beat down, kind of likes it, kind of likes it when they, they fail. And come on, let's be honest. There is that part of us that is tempted to like it when someone fails, even if we like them. We love the rise, but man, humanity loves the fall. But there's something powerful. There's something supernatural. There's something Christ-like when you deny that part of you and say, no, I'm not going to laugh. I'm not going to look. I'm not going to mock. I'm going to love. I'm going to protect. I'm going to stand with you through the process. Come on, we're going to stand together. Let me tell you, the opposite of division is unity. 
And unity only comes through the Holy Spirit. I want you to please hear me. The enemy has had the voice Society has had the voice of Shimei over the last year. It's like we've been under a continual curse. It's like we can't get out of a continual curse. 2019, 2020, 21. And people, I don't know if you've noticed, they are on the edge right now. Have you noticed that? I had, I, there was a dude that came to my house and he fixed my well. And he's like, I don't even answer my phone. He goes, I let it go to voicemail because I'm checking He said, because I'm nervous to talk to people right now. People are on the edge. The spirit of division has entered into the nation. Spirit of accusation. Spirit of anger. That's the spirit of Shimei. But the church has a greater spirit. The church has a spirit of defense. The church has a spirit of love. The church has a spirit of peace. Come on, you have the spirit of Abishai on your life. Proverbs 17, 17 says this, a friend loves at all times, not just good times, at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, there's a moment in David's life where he faced a giant. I know you're thinking, I know, it's Goliath, but do you know that he faced another giant? After he killed Goliath, when David was getting up there in age, he faced a giant named Ishbi Benab, which maybe is why none of us know him. I get Goliath, but Ishbi Benab, it just doesn't roll off the tongue. But this man was, was a bad man, and he was a giant that swore to come after David. And in the midst of the battle, this giant fought David, and the Bible says that David was tired. He wasn't the young man that he used to be, filled with vigor and youth. He was an older man now, and his strength was beginning to fail him, and the battle had turned against David. And David, in his exhaustion, was about to fail. He was about to fall. He was about to be struck down by this giant. But in that moment, Abishai, the Bible says, intervened. And Abishai stood in the gap between David and the giant, and he struck the giant, and he killed the giant, and he came to David's aid. Hear me? David was a giant killer. But you know who he had around him? Some giant killers. And when David was weak, Another man could step up and say, I'll defend you. Come on, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to help you, but I'm not going to let you get taken out by this because of your exhaustion, because of your difficulty right now. He didn't laugh, he didn't mock, and he didn't let it happen, hoping that he would gain better position. He stood in the gap. Hear me, church, who knows the giants in your life? And who's helping you defeat them? You need an Abishai, and you you need to be an Abishai. Defend your friends. Number two, we see this example in Abishai of of a great defender. I pray that you defend your family. Fathers, I want to speak to you right now. You are called to defend your family. You say, well, I provide. That's good, but it's not enough. You need to defend. Defend your family. As Shimei is coming uh, over the top and, and, and he's cursing, he's cursing David. Know this, there are going to be spirits and people and circumstances that try and rain down curses on your family, on your marriage, and on your children. That's who Satan is. He is the accuser, the cursor of the brethren. But I pray that you pray more blessings over your family than the enemy can shout curses. Just because you can make noise doesn't mean I can't make noise too. 
Just because you can shout doesn't mean I can't beseech something higher than you. I pray you pray over your children. Pray over their future. Pray over their mind. Pray over their integrity. Who are you? Come on, you're a defender. You're an Abishai. Just because you get to curse doesn't mean it's true. We serve a God that cancels every curse, that speaks a better word, that reigns truth and justice and love on his children. Hear me, let's, let me make it practical. Parents, you have to tell greater truths to your children than the enemy can speak lies. Tell them the truth. And tell them over and over and over. And listen, if you're not a parent, this works even for yourself. Because the enemy is the father of all lies. Tell yourself the truth. Over and over. Well, I don't feel this, but is it true? Then speak it. Speak the truth over your children. But tell your children that they are smart. You're smart. You're a critical thinker. You're a problem solver. You're an overcomer. Nothing can stop you. You are powerful. You're going to fix this thing. You're going to overcome this thing. Why? Because that's the truth found in the word of God. Tell your kids, you are smart. You are logical. You are a critical. Tell them that truth. You didn't need to speak the truth over your children. Tell them that they're likable. Hey, you are likable. People think you're great. People think you're funny. People think you're silly. Say, Jordan, why are you speaking like this? Because there's an enemy that's trying to speak curses over them. So you need to speak blessings over them over and over and over. When you tell them who they are, what you're doing is you're canceling what the enemy is telling them who they are. I cancel it in the name of Jesus. When you tell them that they're likable, that they're, that, they're, that they're smart, that they're people of character, what you're doing is you're instilling confidence in your child. And confidence is the number one they, thing they are going to need to succeed in this life. You could be dumb, but confident, you're going to succeed. You could be ugly, but confident, you're going to succeed. You can have no skills, but confident, you're going to succeed. Just look at Jake Paul. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody knows what that means. All the parents are like, What? Confidence is the most powerful thing. It is an engine that you can unlock inside of your children that will run even when you are gone. Tell them who they are. Tell them who they are. Greater truths than the lies of the enemy. You know what I tell my children all the time? I say, you are a leader. They're six and four. They don't know what that means. But I'm speaking a spiritual truth. Whether they comprehend it or not, I'm planting seeds. You are a leader. You don't follow other people. You don't listen to everyone else. You don't do what everyone else does. You lead the way. I know, I know, Dad. <laughs> I am going to form you. I'm going to pastor you. I was a youth pastor for 10 years. I'm still a youth pastor, and so are you. If you have children, you are the foremost priest in their home, and, and there are going to be Shimei's in their life that are going to want to shout curses. Do you know what Shimei called David? He called him a murderer. What was he doing? He was trying to shout an identity over David that was not, not God's identity for David. He shouted murder. Hear me? Do not let the world proclaim your child's identity. Do not give them 
that authority. You need to catch the lie right when it's current. He shouts over him, murder. But you know, that's not the truth. David didn't murder Saul. Do you know who murdered Saul? Saul. Saul took his own life. This isn't the truth. This isn't reality. Just because it's shouted from above in a position of authority doesn't make it true. You know what's so interesting? Of course, it's shouted when David is at his most vulnerable. Because, see, that's when he's open to lies. If, if this man came when David was on the throne with his crown on his head, David said, get that guy out of my court. But see, it's when David's at his low place, that's when the enemy says, this is my opportune moment. When your, your, your spiritual tank, your emotional tank is low, now I can feed him lies. And the reality is the enemy comes after our children when they are children because they're most vulnerable there. The spirit of Herod comes after Jesus when he's a child. The spirit of Pharaoh comes after Moses when he's a child. Because if he can abort them in the womb, if he can cancel them while they're young, if he can pervert them while they're young, he has their whole life already mapped out. But the Bible says train up a child in the way they should go. I'm going to defend. I'm going to be the authority that speaks identity. Fathers, you provide identity for your children. Mothers, you provide identity for your children. Not anyone or anything else. You know what's amazing about this moment? David's called murderer. But you know, the reality is, David did the exact opposite of murder Saul. Saul was the one that was trying to murder David. You remember when he threw three spears at him? He's trying to murder him. But the Bible tells us that one time Saul was asleep. And David snuck down into the camp and sees Saul sitting there, lying there. And you know what's right beside Saul's head? The spear. The spear that keeps getting thrown at David. Now, a lesser man could have said, perfect. Game over. But see, David said, I'm not going to repay evil for evil. I'm going to honor. I'm going to touch not the Lord's anointed. And he chooses, even though he could have killed Saul in that moment, he chooses to take the high road. And do you know who sees him make that choice? Do you know who's standing right next to him when David refuses to kill Saul? Abishai. David's, David and Abishai are together. And Abishai sees not only that David's not a murderer, he sees David honor someone that's trying to murder him. All these years later, here's this voice of accusation, but who's still standing next to David? A man that can testify to the true nature of David. No, no, no. I was there, David. You're not a murderer. You honored when you didn't have to. You forgave. You loved. Abishai is the one with the voice of authority in this place. Abishai is the one that can say who you really are. What am I saying? I'm saying no matter what the world says over your child, you were there when they were born. You were there when they took their first steps. And even when they failed, you were there in the failure and you're there in the triumph. You are the one that is called, that is anointed, and that is positioned to defend who they really are and to give them their identity in the name of Jesus. The enemy always accuses, but authority intervenes. And I just want to speak again to you very practically. you got to catch the lie when it's current, which means you need to be present. You gotta put your phone down, you gotta shut off the TV, you gotta sell your Xbox, and you have to. 
And you have to raise these children. And you have to cover them from those lies. And you have to give them a strong identity and a strong heart because you are the only person that can do it. But it's going to require you to be present. And be there long enough for them to open up about the lies that the teacher spoke over them or the lies that their friends said. And they won't come out with it right when you pick them up from school. How was your day? Fine. It's only an hour later, two hours later, that something starts coming out, and this is where God says, now's your moment. Be the authority. Now, that's not who you are. I'll tell you who you are. The Bible says Shimei threw dirt on them from above. Not only did he curse them, not only did he accuse them, not only did he try and re-identify them, but now he's throwing dirt on them from above. And, and, and I'm going to come to the close here in a moment, but I, I know on Fam Fest Sunday, I've got some things to say to you about your family. The reality is the world is, is slinging filth from above. It's coming through the airwaves. It's coming through the Wi-Fi. It's coming through the music. It's coming through institutions and, and some even elders and teachers and, and people in positions of authority have lost their mind and are flinging filth over them. And I know it's a pastor's place to say that. Sometimes I'll read Spurgeon's sermons from 150 years ago and he'll say that exact same thing. That the world is more worse off than it's ever been. You look back and be like, actually, I, I think. <laughs> but let me tell you, we are close to the end. And the love of many is growing cold. And many are calling good evil and evil good. And we might be getting, we might be getting richer. But we are becoming far more perverse. And we are growing dirtier. And hear me, it is the Father's job to form a fortress around your children, to be a shield of protection, and to guard your home from the filth and the dirt and the muck that is trying to be brought into it. Because we are at a time that there might not have been many times like this in all of history, except for maybe moments right before great upheavals. And there is great sin. But can I tell you, there's Abishai's as well. There's mothers and there's fathers that will stand up and will guard their home. What does that mean practically? You watch what your children watch. Don't just let, I don't, I don't let my kids watch anything that wasn't made after like 1999. You watch what your children watch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My agenda is the only agenda in this house. You can watch Space Jam and that's pretty much it. <laughs> you watch what they watch. You watch what channels. You, you make sure that there are blocks. You make sure that there's protection. See, you make sure, by the way, that this just is true in your own life as well because you're not Superman. You make sure that there's accountability in your life. You be honest about the areas where giants and filth and dirt is beginning to rain on your mind and on your emotions, and you get some people around you to protect you. Mothers, check the spirit of the people that come into your home. Get a spirit check. And some of you mothers, go ahead, get a background check. Don't open. <laughs> Out. <laughs> Don't open your house to just anybody. Well, they're family. I get it. Motel 6 is down the street. I'm not saying for everybody. I'm just saying in-laws and others. No. Have a Holy Spirit check. Have a Holy Spirit check. You're the mother hen, guard those children. You're the mother bear, guard those children. And don't you dare feel bad about it. 
Don't you dare feel bad about it. The media says, well, we really think, bah, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Mute, I'm in charge here. You were put there by God to defend, to be the fortress, the strong tower. You were put there by God to hold it down for your children. You fathers, you know how you lock the house down at night? You check every window, you jiggle every handle, you check the door, you put it in the thing, and then you lie there for 20 minutes listening to any single creak. That's a new one. I got to check. That's quadrant seven, sector four. I love that you do it physically, but you need to make sure you do it spiritually. Let me just give you permission. Go with your gut. Go with your gut, what your children are reading, who they're hanging out with, what school they're attending. I know many of you are bringing them to Christian schools. Go with your gut. Some of you say, oh, I need to homeschool them. Go with your gut. You know, I, I am way off my sermon at this point. I am way in another realm. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But like, when I was growing up, people would say, well, we don't want to homeschool the kids because then they won't, you know, they won't be like all the other kids around them. And it's like, yeah, that's the point. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going for. Come on, you got to protect your home from the filth, from the dirt that's trying to get in. And, and lastly, I, I want to say to the fathers of this place, protect your marriage. The greatest gift you can give to your kids is being faithful to your spouse. That's what my dad always says. It's the greatest gift that you can give. Because if that falls, it all falls. And let me give you three points in 30 seconds to save your marriage. This is how to protect your marriage. Three points in 30 seconds. Have consistent intimacy. Have a consistent date night. And consistently apologize. You put those three things in, you're going to be okay. Okay. All right. You ready to end this sermon? I am. <laughs> we got some pie to get to. Defend your friends. Defend the family. And lastly, I want to charge you. Abishai's, defend the faith. Defend the faith. Don't apologize for your faith. Don't be ashamed of your faith, for I am unashamed of the gospel in Christ Jesus, which is the power of God unto salvation. Defend your convictions. Well, what about what they'll label me? It only matters what Jesus labels you. Son, daughter, servant, defend your convictions. Defend your sin. Build your house on God's house. The rock that will withstand the flood. Come on, stand to your feet. We're going to end in this moment right now. What does Apostle Paul say to young Timothy? He says to Timothy, he says, fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. There are some things for you to contend for. Contend for your faith. Come on, say this with me. My faith, my foundation. My faith, my future. See, the enemy wants to steal your faith because he knows if he can steal your faith, he can steal your foundation. And anything that you build will then crumble. The enemy wants to steal your faith because he knows if, you can steal, if he can steal your faith, then he can steal your future. Because there is no future eternally without faith. He knows if he can steal your faith, he can steal your family. Because your family is sustained on your faith. Defend your faith. Defend the house. Let me just give you some advice. If you're going to build anything, 
build it on the foundation of faith. If you say, well, I got to work on Sundays because I need some finances and they're paying double time and they need me from about 9 o'clock to 1230. And what can I do? You can say, no, thank you. Because that's not built on the foundation of faith. I'm going to show up at church. I'm going to sit with my wife. My kids are going to go to children's church. And when the storm comes, we're not going to falter. Defend the faith. Know the word. Honor the word. Spend time with your creator. Because make no mistake, there is a flood of foolishness coming. But if your foundation is faith, you can stand your ground. Go read about the life of Abishai. There's a moment where he took on 300 men himself. And God gave him victory. But he had to stand his ground. I want you to know with faith, it doesn't matter how many are against you. If you stand your ground, you stand in faith, and God is for you, God will bring victory. Amen? The greatest inheritance you can pass on to your children is your faith. I'm going to close. But as we do, I want to paint this picture for you. David was in defeat. Abishai steps up as a defender. And he says, let me take care of this problem. But David knew, no, I need a greater defender than you. I need a greater defense than just physical combat. David needed faith. He needed the spirit. So this is what what David says. David says this. Sorry, that's Psalm 18. David says this right at the end. He says, it may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me, that the Lord will repay me with good for this man's cursing today. What is David saying? He's saying, God is going to be my defender. I'm going to endure this difficulty, but God is going to be my defender. And may God cancel and reverse the curse that was shouted over me. Please hear me. Just because you are cursed does not mean you will forever have to remain cursed. Jesus came and he was lifted up on the cross to cancel every single curse that was uttered over your life, your future, or your family. Jesus is your Abishai. Jesus is your Abishai. And you know what's amazing? Is David Lee is leaving Jerusalem in sadness, but 1,000 years later, Jesus came into Jerusalem. And he also was riding on a donkey. And David went up the Mount of Olives in sadness, but Jesus came down the Mount of Olives. And the shouts were, Hosanna to the king. David went through the valley of the shadow of death, but so did Jesus. He was crucified in the valley of the shadow of death. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, All men will be brought unto me. There will be salvation, and I will cancel the curse. David lost his kingdom, but Jesus establishes his kingdom, and he welcomes you into it. Jesus is your Abishai. I'm going to close right now. My question to you is, do you need him today? Do you need an Abishai today? I pray you can be an Abishai to someone in your life, but do you need an Abishai in your life? Do you need a defender? Maybe in the area of your family or your identity. Maybe in the area of truth or faith. Jesus wants to stand with you in the gap today. I want to pray over you. Will you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Today I pray it becomes real in your life and real in your faith. That your God is your defender. I pray that becomes real in your home and real in your marriage, that Jesus 
becomes your defender. And that, he leads the way. He shows you the way. He becomes your model. Jesus is your Abishai. You may be someone's, but make no mistake, he is yours. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.